Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. Good of you to join us. Thrilled to have you with us today and thrilled to be able to say that that big red wave is building. It's redder and it is bigger. It looks like the Dems are in for a real shellacking in a couple of weeks on November 8th. The prospect is very real that we could see the Republicans take back not only the House, with perhaps a 30-seat margin, but also win the Senate by maybe, perhaps, possibly three seats. Now, that would be something, wouldn't it? That kind of big victory depends, of course, on a few variables. You knew I'd have to say that, right? Well, one of the variables is, of course, GOP and independent turnout. It has to be big, and independents need to vote and bring your friends and family and neighbors, whoever, please. This election is for real the most important midterm election in our history. Maybe 1862 was right up there, but for us, this is the big one. If patriots lose this election, so does the republic, and we lose the republic as well. And we'll lose everything that Americans have stood for and fought for since 1776. And the other variable, of course, is whether the Republican Party big shots can do anything besides raise money. This midterm election will be urban and suburban combat. Street by street, the turnout will be critical. The question is, can a ragtag bunch of Republicans and independents go toe-to-toe with the nasty Marxist Dems? And how many Republicans and independents know about Biden's executive order 14019? You know, the Biden executive order he signed within a few months of taking office, the one that orders federal agencies to get out the vote. And I don't think it means just any old vote. I'm pretty sure that Biden meant only Democrat votes. There it is. Biden has politically weaponized the federal government for this one special midterm election. If the Marxist Dems win this midterm, the midterms that follow will be only mere charades. So we've got to get out the vote. Republicans and independents, we have to understand that the GOP has to get to the Supreme Court to stop this latest Marxist Dem plot to steal yet another election. Wake up, patriots. We're in a fight. We have to win. Wake up, Republican National Committee. What's your plan? What are you doing, Ronald McDaniel? And the Republicans have no choice but to win this election. We need everybody out voting because it will take all of us to bring this nation back to its senses. And it all begins on November 8th. And now our guest today, Congressman James Comer one of the smartest, hardest-working congressmen in the House of Representatives. He'll have a lot more work ahead of him when and if the Republicans can win this election. Our guest is the ranking member of the House Oversight Committee. Here now, Congressman James Comer and Congressman, 
Always great to talk with you. Thanks for being back with us here on The Great America Show. We're going into this election. The time is just flying now. Give us your sense of how the Republican Party will do, particularly in the House of Representatives. I think we're going to do well, Lou. Everything seems to be breaking our way. You know, you you and I and your listeners, we are uh, focused on politics year-round, and we tend to forget that most Americans don't really start paying attention to the elections until the last three weeks. And I think the uh, American people are now focused on the elections, and they realize that the Democrat policies have been disastrous, and they're ready to make a make a statement. And that statement is going to be a, a big red wave this November. So I'm real excited about our, our prospects in the House and the Senate. Well, we follow you on Twitter as well, and we notice because we're very worried about this election being rigged, much as the 2020 was. I'm sure the Democrats will be creative and come up with new approaches, strategies, and tricks, but uh, you point out uh, on Twitter that the Democrats uh, in D.C. Uh, want to make illegal uh, or making it uh, legal for illegal immigrants to vote. Uh, how in the world can that be tolerated in the capital of the United States? It, it shouldn't be tolerated, and in a Republican majority, we're going to do everything we can to, to stop that. But, Lou, that, that shows exactly why... Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer have had this open border policy. It's always been about politics. It's always been about getting more Democrats registered in the big cities so that uh, in these U.S. Senate races and in the presidential races, they can run the score up in the big cities. And, you know, it it has to be stopped. And we're going to do everything in our ability on the House Oversight Committee to stop that. We have oversight of Washington, D.C. That's our jurisdiction on the oversight committee. And unfortunately, it's the worst run city in the United States. This is another example of uh, terrible policies in our nation's capital, and and it's got to be stopped. We're going to do everything in our ability to stop it in a Republican majority. There seems to be no no depth that is out of reach of these Marxist Dems they will go as low as they uh, as they want. Uh, they are absolutely uh, disgusting in their lack of ethics, uh, their morality, uh, and and legality. It is just stunning to me. Even after watching this, now we're in the seventh year of political persecution of President Trump, uh, watching all that they've done, lie in the FBI, lie in the Department of Justice. They're corrupt across the board. The intelligence agencies are accomplices uh, in the uh, in the conspiracy to overthrow the president well it's far more than a conspiracy it was a, a plot they carried out give us a sense of what the republican party can do to counteract the evil that is the marxist dems well i think everyone's seeing what devin nunez said all along that the deep state is real and the deep state is an excessive bureaucracy that uh, is unaccountable and they uh, have just been, you know, running roughshod over conservatives and over the taxpayers of America. And that's going to stop in a Republican majority. I was on the phone with Jim Jordan a long time yesterday, uh, blessed that he's on the Oversight Committee. Of course, he's chairman of the Judiciary Committee. And we were talking about the Hunter Biden investigation and the Biden crime family investigation and how we're going to proceed with that in a Republican majority. And, of course, there's overlap there with, with the FBI. I mean, you see what Chuck Grassley's uh, been saying in the last few days, that the FBI 
it appears, had more than enough evidence to do something about Hunter Biden a long time ago. We want to know why they didn't. Is it because it traces back to Joe, which is what I suspect? Uh, We don't know, but uh, we're going to be on the Oversight Committee leading the the Biden crime family investigation and the the FBI role in turning a blind eye or or whatever else role they played in that. We're going to uh, hand that off to the Judiciary Committee because that's all in the Department of Justice and Jordan and those guys are going to be very busy trying to uh, hold people accountable for wrongdoing in the FBI and our intelligence community and in the Department of Justice and uh, trying to come up with solutions to how we fix the problems moving forward. I, as you know, I'm a veteran of, uh, of the first year of President Trump's uh, administration uh, as reporting on so many aspects of it. Uh, Also, the first year of Republican control of the House, the Senate, and the White House in ages. And we saw Paul Ryan do nothing, Uh, would not give uh, subpoenas to judiciary, wouldn't give subpoenas to oversight, uh, and the the game was played. Uh, If I have no reason personally to dislike or, frankly, like Kevin McCarthy, but I also have no reason in the world to trust that he will do any of the things that you've just outlined. He is, he is a creature of the swamp, uh, and I just want to know, how, how can the American people trust the Republican Party when they have this, this weak-kneed, uh, spineless rhino uh, as uh, their candidate for speaker? Well, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic that McCarthy's going to let Jordan and I do what we need to do with respect to subpoenas. And, you know, I, I was on the phone with Marsha Blackburn yesterday, and, and mm-hmm. she's a, a good friend, and our district's bordered when she was in the House. I'm on southern Kentucky, and she's representing northern Tennessee, and we've always remained close. She was giving me some information on some digging she did on the Energy and Commerce Committee with respect to Russia and Clinton's ties to Russia. Right. And she wanted to, you know, have a formal investigation into that from the Energy and Commerce Committee, and, and she was telling Paul Ryan blocked her from that. And I've heard Jason Chaffetz tell stories of of where he was blocked from, from trying to provide oversight. Uh, I'm pretty confident that's not going to happen because, you know, you, the difference in Paul Ryan and and Kevin McCarthy from an oversight standpoint is, Paul Ryan never talked about it. You would think that you know there was no need for oversight of the Clintons when when Paul Ryan was speaker, but now that McCarthy's running for speaker, that's a big part of the platform oversight of this unaccountable Biden administration. And I think he realizes where the base is on this. Lou, if we go in and repeat what happened the last time the Republicans were in the majority and Clinton was president and and, and Obama was president and there there's nothing done to hold people accountable. There's nothing done to reform government, the, the spending, the, the practices of these bureaucracies, then I don't think there's going to be a big future for the Republican Party because I think the base is going to pack up and leave. And I, and I think Kevin McCarthy gets the pulse of, of the people in, on that issue. They expect us not just to shine a light on the problems, but to try to hold people accountable. People want Dr. Fauci to be held accountable. People want the Biden family to be held accountable for, for influence peddling. And it's hard. It's hard when you have a Department of Justice and uh, an FBI that's been complicit in well, 
a lot of these problems. So, so we're going to have to really stick together and get some results for the, for the base. So I'm going to ask you a couple of tough questions here uh, because I, I think the American people right now are asking tough questions of the Republican Party. Have you, you are in leadership, uh, Jim Jordan, others, Kevin McCarthy, obviously. Have you all been holding meetings about what to do with a, an FBI that is absolutely politically corrupt, a Department of Justice uh, that is actively, uh, viciously politically corrupt, uh, and, and, how in, and how you can hold accountable uh, a President Biden, uh, a, a Alejandro Mayorkas for mm-hmm. uh, the open borders. I mean, right. are you guys getting to the, to the granular, gritty base of what to do? Because walking in there saying, you know, we're going to try just sure as hell isn't going to make it. We've had we've had several meetings on that, and of course the the FBI and Department of Justice will fall more under Jordan and the Judiciary Committee. But right. you know, in, in dealing with the whistleblowers in the Hunter Biden investigation, there's you know there's several people that have claimed that uh, they reached out to the FBI about wrongdoing, mm-hmm. and nothing ever happened. So there's going to be a lot of crossover on that. I think that you know at the end of the day, when you talk about the need to reform. The FBI. There's there are a lot of people that say you know, abolish the FBI, but honestly, I think there's a a role for the FBI. But it's you know, you're going to have to you get all new management at the top, and people are going to have to be held accountable for wrongdoing, or, or they'll repeat that. But well, also, when you say that, the, the, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say the the FISA, the the FISA warrant that's that's been abused. That needs to to go away. And the because that's what they used to spy on the Trump campaign, and who knows what else they abuses they've done with their their ability to have those FISA warrants. And then the you know the fact that the FBI can talk to you and they don't have to record it, they don't wear body armor just like when they raided Mar-a-Lago, and you don't know. I mean, did they plant stuff? Did they? I'm not saying they did, but did they? You know, the police didn't because they wear body armor, and the police, if they meet with someone to interrogate them, they have to record that. The FBI doesn't have to do all that. So the, there are so many fundamental reforms that can be made to the FBI, uh, and why they haven't, I don't know, but now is the time. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that you know, when you look at the Judiciary Committee, you got Jordan and, and Matt Gates and Biggs and all those guys. I'm pretty confident there's going to be a day of reckoning for the FBI. Well, you know, you said there's a place for the FBI. And as I watch these guys in, uh, you know, in body armor, uh, their tactical gear, uh, their uh, AR-15s as they're going after a misdemeanor uh, char- uh, <laughs> charge uh, try and, and putting a, a man uh, in in handcuffs. Uh, i, I got to tell you, that, that's as basic as it gets. Those are agents of the Federal Bureau of Investigation mm-hmm. assaulting private citizens, uh, assaulting American citizens, and nothing has happened to them. Right. I'm, tired, I'm tired of this stuff, Congressman. I've got to be honest with you. Right. They're, they're rotten as hell at the top, but that mm-hmm. rot goes deeply into the FBI. And I, it, and I don't want to see a one of them get off for sitting there obeying unlawful orders, unconstitutional orders, and making the American people sick to their guts as they watch an agency that was once storied, respected, and now it, it is a obscene, it's an obscenity. Uh, in our government, and and I I agree with that. You know the the positive thing here 
is how many FBI agents are coming forward with, I guess you could call them whistleblowers, but sure. uh, with accusations and, and, you know, they they realize that their credibility has been diminished. They realize that they have uh, caused irreparable, the management has caused irreparable damage to the FBI, and they, they want to see change. So, you know, that's, again, that's going to be a big priority for, for Jim Jordan and that committee, and uh, hopefully something will get done very, very quickly. But, you know, Jim, I'm sure you talk to him a lot, Lou. He, he realizes there's a lot of pressure to, to hold people accountable in the FBI and to, uh, to get new, new management and, and uh, reforms to the FBI. It's, it's terrible when, you know, we, a big part of the Republican platform is to uh, fund the police the Democrat platforms defund the police, but then we've got a law enforcement agency like the FBI that uh, I don't think there's a lot of there's a lot of support to certainly increase their funding and and certainly support to to decrease funding within the the top ranks of the FBI. Yeah, I, I just I just really wonder how far the, the Republican Party will go because Kevin McCarthy is by nature, and I'm talking about his history, his record. I'm not talking about personalities here. I'm not talking about mood swings on the part of the minority leader. I'm talking about the fact that he has, you know, he rolled on the president uh, in the the immediate aftermath of January 6th. He embraced Liz Cheney. Uh, He, uh, you know, talks about this or that. Uh, One of the first things he said back in April was he wouldn't uh, impeach Joe Biden. Now I may surprise you. I think that he has to be proved first mentally competent. I think the Dems have to prove that he's not mentally competent. And if he is, the Republicans should go after him like a storm the Capitol has never seen. Uh, it, this is, and everybody wants to talk quietly and softly as we go into the into this election. American people are waiting to hear that Republicans have guts and principles and will back them up and will, will rid this country of these Marxist Dems and their leftist destruction. No, and and I think McCarthy's gotten the message from the from the base. Uh, this is uh, you know everybody. This is a one one chance here, and this is something he's obviously no secret worked for towards for a long time. Uh, you know, I obviously don't agree with with everything. My district's much more conservative, representing a southern mm-hmm. uh, district uh, in in a very red state like Kentucky is very different than representing the suburban district in California, like where, where Kevin represents. But I think he realizes where the majority of our conference is, the majority of the conference, uh, especially after this newest redistricting, is from extremely red conservative districts that have a lot of disgruntled voters, especially on the way that Trump was treated. And uh, they realize how the media and, and how the, the Democrats, you know, through the impeachment process and investigation process, just harass Trump, still harassing Trump, and they they expect uh, a little uh, reciprocity here on the, oh, with no, respect that, to but yeah. But you're exactly right, and and, and the fact is, is Nancy Pelosi uh, from a, uh, a red and blue uh, district? Yeah, Hell no, pretty blue district. She is right. from a blue district. Uh, was uh, you know go back uh, to Paul Ryan, you know he he also had a very tough district at times. He couldn't even win his hometown. Right. That's how 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 well regarded he was. But the, you all made him uh, Speaker of the House. 
I think that the Republicans need to learn a lesson here. They need mm-hmm. to, they need leaders who are exerting pressure, who are strong and definite in their principles and their pursuits. And when you've got a guy that's sitting there in California, the People's Republic of California, look, I, everybody knows he's got to make compromises to get elected. But those compromises should never be part of the leadership of the Republican Party. And it's what scares me to death about him being uh, a Speaker of the House. Well, again, I, I know that he's had the opportunity to travel around in, in all these open seats. And <laughs> you know, just just this week, I've been in West Kentucky and spoken to some Republican women's groups. And these are, you know, nice women that uh, I've known for a few years. And, and they're like, what, are y'all going to do anything about all this corruption? Or who's going to who's going to do what about FBI? I want to know, what about Dr. Fauci? I mean, they – and these are – these are the most loyal Republicans. I can, you can imagine what the, you know, the average voter uh, feels. I mean, they, I think they're pretty disgusted by Biden's policies, and they're willing to give the Republicans another chance. So we've got to do the best with this second opportunity. Uh, I've been in Congress six years, so I was under Paul Ryan for two years, and oh. you know, it's pretty disappointing. I was on the Oversight Committee, and and I had uh, Jason Chaffetz and Trey Gowdy as as chairman of the committee and and we didn't have any hardly investigations going on there Uh, and what you did have going on was all kabuki theater right Uh, i mean it it, it's (laughs) we could have done a lot more now that i'm uh in charge of the committee from the republican side I, i mean we're every day launching another probe another investigation we've got so many documents requested and so many document preservations that uh we're gonna remind this administration on November the 9th, after after it's clear we're going to be in the majority, that they better have those documents to us in January or else. And I think they know the or else will be uh, the subpoena power. I mean, we this administration's had no oversight over the last two years. There's no accounting of of money going out that, you know, a lot of the Ukrainian money, nobody knows exactly where it was spent. You've got uh, in addition to foreign aid, you got all this COVID money that nobody really knows where it was spent. Uh, you got well, PPP. You know one thing, a lot of it yeah. went to blue states with huge budget problems. Absolutely. We Absolutely. also know that a lot of that money to Ukraine went in. Uh, it looks like a, an Obama cash pallet uh, yep. you know, being uh, unloaded off a C-131. I, I mm-hmm. mean, it's, as you say, it's outrageous. But it here's, here's the real question, though. You're going to do all of that. Then who's going to enforce your orders? Who's going to enforce that subpoena? Who is going to enforce the judgments of the Oversight Committee? Uh, Tebow, I just told, uh, I, I mean, Jim Jordan, he just told Jim Jordan, the, chair, uh, the ranking member of the right. of the House Judiciary Committee, to go to hell. He doesn't right. have to account to him at all. And you're going to get that in spades from every one of these entitled, crooked FBI agents and officials. One of the things that Paul Ryan refused to do is hold people in contempt of Congress, and we've seen Pelosi do that with Bannon and, and a few other people. That's something that McCarthy's going to have to do. We we will issue the subpoena. You're exactly right. Uh, they will disregard the subpoena. It goes to court. Now, the courts are a little better today than they mm-hmm. were before Donald Trump came along. It's not just you know the, the Supreme Court. There were a lot of judges that were filled, conservative judges. So we've got a little better prospects in the court. 
just like when I say I hope Hunter Biden does not get indicted, Lou, because if he gets indicted for lying on a gun application or for tax evasion, which are drops in the bucket for the wrongdoing that he's committed, then when we subpoena him, he disregards the subpoena, we're going to take it to court. The court's going to say, well, he's under indictment, so there's already a federal investigation going on. So in other words, Lou, an indictment on Hunter Biden by this Department of Justice protects Hunter Biden. It Absolutely. protects Hunter Biden from coming in front of our committee. So they pro- you they know, protected David Sussman, the exactly. DNC it lawyer, did. Perkins yes. Coy. They went through the motions. I mean, John Durham put him in Teflon and body armor. Yes. He won't yes. be messed with ever again. Uh, that right. was not a prosecution. That was a salvation uh, right. and, and preservation uh, for uh, Mr. Sussman. We're being, mm-hmm. you know, these games are being played. But what I have, I have just a serious doubt is that there is anyone in the Republican Party right now who can play the game half as well as these, uh, these macabre, evil Marxist Dems, because they are manipulating the system, whether it's in the courts, whether it's in the FBI, whether it's the Department of Justice, uh, Department of Homeland Security. Uh, hell, the same thing is true of the Defense Department. I mean, there is nothing happening. I just think often about, and I know you must too, Congressman. I think, what does that working man and woman think? Middle class, working hard for their families. Their children are being assaulted uh, in K through 12 about sex and gender. And they're told that they can, that teachers know more than they do as parents. And they don't need to be, uh, they don't have to be consulted. Uh, They're being told that everybody is a racist. uh, And now it's a, paid for program, whether you're in an HR department in left-wing corporate America or you're uh, in in government, local, state, federal. Uh, it's ignorance run wild in this country right now. It, there's no doubt. And I, I think that the voters are going <laughs> to vote for the lesser of two evils, unfortunately, and, and they you know realize that the policy has to change, the energy policy has to change, the crime policy has to change. We have to have a secure border, and we have to get spending under control. And I think they're confident that Republicans will do that. The, the The problem where there's doubt is what you've just said, Lou, is will the Republicans actually hold uh, these government bureaucrats, these cabinet secretaries, and even the president of the United States accountable for wrongdoing? And that's, uh, you know, that's where I'm going to do everything in my ability on the Oversight Committee, and we're going to have some, some pretty good uh, – Members on the roster on the team, we're going to add some some big names to the team uh, as far as uh, conservative firebrand Republicans. And I, I think that, you know, from a committee standpoint, we're going to be going full speed, and it's it's going to be up to, to leadership to hold people in contempt of Congress. And, and that's a vote that Pelosi was never hesitant to take, that uh, hopefully if McCarthy's a speaker, he'll uh, have the same drive to to hold people in contempt of Congress for disregarding subpoenas. Have you all checked into what it takes that if he is in 30 days not moving the way you like, what would it take to remove him as Speaker? Have you guys had those meetings, and uh, have you got a plan ready? Some of them have. I haven't been a part of that. I think some of the uh, leadership in the Freedom Caucus are trying to change rules on vacating the chair and, and things like that, but I, I really don't know that much about it. Uh, I'm a parliamentary procedure guy from my old days in the as state president of Future Farmers America, but I don't understand the the parliamentary rule of vacating the chair. We didn't have that in, in, uh, in my uh, younger days. 
Well, as I recall, the Future Farmers of America had some other activities that would, uh, that would hold them in good stead when they get rid of a problem. Uh, right. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very appreciative of uh, those folks uh, and you. Uh, you know, you're doing a great job, and the, and the folks at Kentucky, in my opinion, are, are very fortunate to have you. Uh, you're level-headed, determined, and your uh, eyes are clearly focused on what is absolutely killing this country. I worry about the leadership. I worry about the idea that pressure will have to come from the outside. I do believe that you suggested it at the outset of this discussion. I don't think the American people are going to put up with you guys in uh, leadership for more than 60 days if you haven't got results. I don't think there's going to be any more bullshit. Let me rephrase that. My wife will tear me up and say <laughs> There will be no more BS uh, about putting up with court proceedings and nonsense. Uh, there's going to be, there's either action or there isn't because uh, the American people, you know, there's no slowdown in the part of the Marxist left in this country. They're telling parents what to do. They're telling children what they're going to talk about in class, whether it's sex or gender discussions or whatever. Uh, they're getting indoctrinated, uh, not educated, and everybody in this country knows it. And we've got to have people who move and get it done, and process is no excuse for any of us. Not a single person in the Republican Party should have the excuse of process. We've got procedures. We've got protocols. We've got our ways. The Heck with your ways. They have led to this point in history where we have a country to save. Uh, as always, we give our guest, uh, Congressman, as you know, the last word here. Uh, your thoughts, your concluding thoughts, and I hope they're I hope they're expansive because I want to hear more from you. Well, well, thank you, Lou. It's always a, a pleasure to be on your show. Uh, I know that uh, tons and tons of people listen to it because every time uh, it's. Uh, published i get lots of uh, lots of calls on it so i appreciate the great work you're doing and spreading the message but you know uh, i think the republicans realize there's a there's a lot of pressure uh their expectations are big uh, this is essentially a second chance for a lot of the republicans that were in congress uh during the the paul ryan and in boehner years and they realize that the the base and the, you know the taxpayers are are impatient and i think you're going to see a pretty brisk pace of legislation passed to the House. Now, what happens when it goes to the Senate? That's another. That's another story. Hopefully, they'll uh, uh, realize the pulse of the of the American people now, expecting to get policy passed. From an investigation standpoint, we're going to start uh, deposing people uh, in in January, the day that we get the subpoena power, we get the gavel. We're going to start doing transcribed interviews. We're going to start having committee hearings. And we're going to move as quickly as we can to to produce factual evidence of of wrongdoing uh, from uh, Dr. Dr. Fauci from the, the NIH for, with grant dollars that they were handing out, especially for EcoHealth Alliance. Who, by the way, they refunded them again. The company that was getting American tax dollars to do gain of function research in Wuhan lab where COVID yep. started, they got more tax dollars from the Biden administration. Then, then you've got uh, what's going on at the southern border. Uh, May Orcas is the prime candidate for removal from office. I mean, I don't think anyone would, would disagree with that, that has any uh, sense of decency or, or uh, knowledge of what's going on at the southern border. And then finally, the Biden crime family. And that's what it is. It's not just Hunter Biden. It's not just uh, the president's brothers. Uh, the president knew darn well 
what was going on. And according to Hunter Biden, according to the whistleblowers, they told me, Lou, that, that Hunter was paying for a lot of Joe Biden's living expenses. So this would would indicate that, that Joe Biden was directly involved in this influence peddling, and that's why I need those bank records. That's why we're going to use the subpoena power to get the bank violations and the bank records and, you know, look in and see, did was there – you know, direct transfers of, of money from Hunter's shady business dealings to Joe Biden. If so, that that's a big problem. And, uh, you know, we're we're excited and, and hopefully we'll be able to move uh, very quickly and get some answers that the American people desire. Well, Congressman, I know that you're you're going to do your utmost to achieve everything that you said. I also know that the Democrats will do everything they can. Uh, to keep this country exactly where they've pushed it to this moment. Uh, and I, I, the Republicans had, uh, had better be re- ready uh, for, for one heck of a fight because they're going to, you know, right now, this, the Republican Party has been outsmarted, outworked, and outthought uh, by the Marxist Dems. I'm also far more confident in the outcome because of, uh, of you, Congressman Comer, we always appreciate talking with you, and uh, we're delighted to have your, uh, your your thoughts here. You're a great American, and God bless you. Thank you, Lou. Appreciate the great work you do, and it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Join us here tomorrow when our guest will be the host of the Steve Bannon War Room. Steve Bannon, great American, here tomorrow on the Great America Show. Please join us. Till then. God bless you, and may God bless America.